Well, if I could encourage you to grab your Bible and join me in the book of Luke in the New Testament, Luke chapter 12. And if, if you're here today and don't have a Bible with you or, or perhaps don't have the Bible app on your phone, we got Bibles all over the room. And I would encourage you to grab one of those so that you can see for yourself what the Word of God is saying as we walk through this time together. And as you're turning to Luke 12, as you're finding your place there, I just I want to say a, a word of thanks to, to each and every one of you who have been joining us in our 21-day prayer focus that we're in the midst of right now, kicking off this new year. We've been, we've been praying daily through, through a prayer guide, and we've got those prayer guides available today as well if you didn't have the chance to grab one last week. And, and we're just asking everybody who's willing to join us in very, very intentional and specific season of prayer, not only in our, our lives and our households, but also for the church specifically, asking God to show us what he desires for us in this season. And I do want you to know, we're meeting each morning at 6.30, Monday through Friday in the conference center for a prayer time. That has been beautiful this week, and we'll continue doing that this coming week and the following week as well. And as a part of this prayer focus today, we're going to be doing something very specific as well in this room. At 4 o'clock, we're going to have a healing prayer service here in the worship center, and we'd love for you to join us. We've got a prayer team that is ready to pray over specific people and specific needs. And we know, we know there's so many people in the midst of our, our church body and, and, and also they just have relationships with, with friends and family members who are walking through challenging, difficult circumstances right now. And we want to take that to the Lord. And we believe that God wants to meet us in our need. And we believe that, that God wants to, to show us his spirit at work in our lives in the midst of our need. And so we want to pray over physical needs, emotional needs, relational needs, what, whatever it may be going on in your life right now. Our team is ready today at four o'clock during this special service to pray for you specifically. And so if you are walking through a, a physical struggle or have, have a very specific prayer need in your life, it would be our honor and our privilege to get to pray with you today. And we hope you'll join us at four o'clock this afternoon right here in this room. Now let's turn our attention to the word of God. Luke chapter 12, we're gonna, we're gonna step into some, some teaching of Jesus here in Luke chapter 12. And, and as, we, as we ask the question, how can we leverage our life? How can we use what God has given us? We wanna see what Jesus lays before us here in this text. So I'd like to invite you, if you're willing and able to stand with me as I read from God's word, and I realize if you're new to Shades or if you're joining us online, you may be going, okay, why are they standing back up for the reading of God's word? Well, this is very intentional, very specific. We stand because the word of God is our foundation. And we want a physical representation each week when we turn to the scripture that reminds us all that the people of God, the church of Jesus Christ, stands on the word of God. And the word of God is a solid rock, the immovable, unchanging good news of what God says is right and good and true. So we stand on that truth as a church unapologetically, this is our foundation. Luke chapter 12, the scripture lays before us these words of Jesus as he says this, stay dressed 
for action and keep your lamps burning. Stay dressed for action, Jesus says, and keep your lamps burning and be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast so that they may open the door for him at once when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at table and he will come and serve them. If he comes in the second watch or in the third and finds them awake, blessed are those servants. But know this, if the master of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have left his house to be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. This is the word of the Lord, the word of Jesus saying to the church, saying to his followers, his disciples, be ready, for I am coming again. As we consider God's word together this morning, let's pray and then we'll be, we'll be seated for this time in the, in the message. Let's, let's pray. Father, we stand before you now on your foundation, on the, on the truth of your word. And all of us, every single one of us, regardless honestly of what we believe or regardless of what we may be walking through right now, every single one of us need to hear the word of truth. And so I pray that you would have your way among us, that your spirit would move among us, that you would open our hearts to receive what you say, that, that our ears would be inclined to listen, that we would lean in and receive what it is that you know we need to hear today. Cling to the promise that your word says about your word, that the, the word of God will not return void. And so we pray that you would use your word in your spirit to do work in our lives today. We thank you for this time. We look to you. Use this time for your glory. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much for standing with me for the reading of God's word. I do want you to know in this specific series, in this focus, we are talking about our vision as a church, what drives us, why we do what we do. And, and many of you who have called Shades home for some time, you, you know that there is a statement that, that has really served as our North Star, a very simple statement that guides who we are and what we do as a church. If you're new to Shades, we want you to know this statement. We use it all the time. The statement is live sent. We are a people believing that God has called us to live sent into the world around us. What does that mean? That means that we take the good news that we have received with us everywhere we go. That what happens in here should impact the way we live out there. That we take the good news of the gospel and the finished work of Jesus Christ and we share that good news because we have been sent into the world with a mission. 
God has called his church to live on mission, to live sent with this good news. So last week, I I laid out a a definition that has been very beneficial to me personally, a definition that we're going to be talking about more and more. What does it mean to live sin? How do we take this good news with us everywhere we go? Well, here's the definition that we laid out last week. Living sin is this. It's leveraging who we are and what we've been given for the sake of the gospel, wherever we are and wherever God takes us. Leveraging who we are and what we've been given. Believing that everything that we have is a gift from God to point to his goodness and his grace. Everything that we have provides an opportunity for us to share the good news of the gospel. So this is a, a reorientation, if you will, of our perspective. If I'm leveraging who I am and leveraging what I've been given wherever I am and wherever God takes me, that means I I view my my street very differently. Where I live, I I view it very differently because where I live is a gift that, that, that I've received for the sake of the gospel advancing through me. I look at my school very differently if you're a student. I look at my job, my office very differently for those of you who are, who are in the workforce. Because where I am, what I've been given, what's been entrusted to me is something that I want to leverage for the sake of the gospel. Because of what God has done for me, I want to use what I've been given to to share this good news wherever I am, wherever God takes me. This is what it means to live sent, to leverage who we are and what we've been given for the sake of the gospel wherever we are and wherever God takes us. Now, as we turn our attention to Luke 12, we see that Jesus shows us why it's so important that we leverage our lives. Jesus shows us why it's so important to look at every day and say, I want to use what I've been given for the sake of the gospel right where I am. Why is that? Well, Luke 12 is Jesus telling us about his second coming. Jesus is telling us he is going to come again. He is going to return. And so I just want to, before we even step into this scripture, I just want to ask you a question, just personally, just think about this in your own life. Do you believe this? Do you believe that Christ will come again? Do you believe that there is a second coming of the Messiah, that Jesus will return? Here's the thing. It's one thing in church to say, I believe that. It's a very different thing altogether to live our lives in light of that belief. If we believe that Christ will come again, it should impact the way we live today. That's what Jesus is going to show us. If we believe that that Jesus will return, which the word of God makes explicitly clear, if you believe the Bible, the Bible says Jesus will return. And it says it many times. It's not just one time that it said that. It is throughout the word of God. Christ will come again. Do you believe it? Because if you believe it, it should impact the way you live 
today. Jesus is teaching us that. Luke 12, verse 35 and 36, he says, stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning and be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. Stay dressed for action. Keep your lamps burning. What is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying to his followers, he is saying to those who are believers in Jesus Christ, who has received this good news of the gospel. If you are a follower of Christ, you should live each and every day with a posture of readiness. That's what Jesus is saying. You should live with a, with a mindset of readiness. I am ready for, for, for what? Well, Jesus is going to tell us. But, but first we must understand, what is he, why is he using this term, stay dressed for action? What is that all about? Stay dressed for action. Keep your lamps burning. Another way that you could translate this that, that would have been very appropriate in the context to which Jesus was speaking 2,000 years ago to a, a group of disciples in, in the land of Israel. Stay dressed for action can also mean keep your loins girded. Now, what's that all about? I mean, I know this is a term you use every single day, right, in your house. Hey, guys, make sure when you leave today that your loins are girded. Gird the loins, gird the loins. What, what is that all about? Well, this actually makes really good sense based on what Jesus is saying in the context to which he was saying this. The, the, the common dress, the common attire for someone who was living 2,000 years ago in the desert climate of Israel would be to wear a, a very lightweight, very thin tunic or robe. Why was that? Well, the reason's simple. They didn't have dry fit. They didn't have under armor. And it's hot in the desert. And so they wore a very lightweight garment that would be a flowing garment so that some breeze could, could, could help cool things down. It would go all the way to the ground, though, to protect the body from the sun. Right? We have all this great sun clothing now and SPF and all this stuff. Protects from UV rays. They didn't have any of that. So they wore these, these long flowing tunics or robes. They would go all the way to the ground. And that was good for the hot, dry climate. It was, it was good for protecting from the sun, but it was not good, listen to this, for quick movement. There's a reason why, if you watch the NFL playoff games today, you're not going to see the fellows out on the field wearing a long tunic or a robe, right? It's hard to move quick, hard to get somewhere fast. And so if you are going to get somewhere fast, if you are going to step into action, if you are going to go into battle, what would you have to do? You have to go through this, this whole process of girding up your loins, lifting up this tunic, tying it around your waist with a belt, making sure it doesn't fall when you're moving into action or quickly moving from one place to the next. And it's a whole process. And the time to gird up your loins is not when the action starts. And so Jesus is saying, be ready. Be ready every day. Make sure you're dressed 
for action with your, with your loins girded up. Make sure you are ready for, for the opportunity in front of you. Make sure you're ready for, for what God says is going to happen through Christ for those who believe. Be dressed for action. Why is Jesus saying this? What's this all about? Ready for what? We jump down to verses 39 and 40 in our text of Luke chapter 2. We'll go back to, to 37 and 38 in a moment. But Luke 12, 39 and 40, this, this tells us, Jesus tells us why we are to be ready. But know this, verse 39. If the master of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have left his house to be broken into. You also must be ready, Jesus says, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. What's this all about? Again, this passage, this text is about the return of Jesus, the, the second coming of Christ. And Jesus is saying, look, I, I, I want you to know, I will come again. I am coming again. But when I come, it's going to be at a time you don't expect. You're not going to know when it's going to be. So live every day in light of the reality that I will return because you don't know when the return is actually going to happen. Jesus gives us an example. A very clear illustration here. He says, look, if the, if the master had known when his house would have been broken into, he wouldn't have left his house to be broken into. And I, I want you to know, I can, I can personally relate to this example that Jesus has given. Our, our family on two different occasions, we've been robbed. We've been, we've been broken into. Our house has been broken into two different times. Once when we lived in Georgia, once when we lived in South Carolina, we're really hoping that in Alabama it won't happen. That'd be great. That would be awesome. Love to be done with being broken into. It's a crazy, crazy experience when you get broken into. Both times it was in the night. Both times we were at home. One of the times we got broken into, I walked in on the guy. That's a whole nother story for a whole nother day. It was insane. It was crazy. But here's what I can tell you with 100% confidence. If I had known the nights that we were going to be broken into, I would have reoriented everything about my day preparing for that night. Everything about my day would have made sure I was ready for when the thief showed up at my house to break in. Everything about my day would have been gathering my buddies, gathering everyone I could to say, hey, it's about to go down. I need you here now. I need you to be ready with me. Jesus is saying, I'm coming again. I'm gonna come in an hour you don't expect so don't be caught unprepared and don't act like you got all the time in the world and don't lose sight of the fact that there are people around you every single day they're not ready I, I want to ask you to think about this in a very personal way for just a moment I just want to ask you, not thinking about those sitting around you, not, not thinking about those who are, are not here today, I'm asking you to think personally in your own life right now, Jesus says he's coming again, are you ready? Are you ready for the return 
of Jesus. Are you ready to stand before Jesus? And you may be saying, well, gosh, I hope so. Or maybe you're saying, I'm trying to be ready. Or maybe you're saying, I'm not so sure. Or maybe you're saying, I, I really would like to be, but I, I, just, I just don't know. If that's you today, please hear this. Look, look at me right now. If that's you today, if you're going, maybe I'm not sure I want to be, but I don't know. I, I'm not sure if I've done. If that's you right now, the Bible has incredibly good news for you. You can be sure. You can know without a question that you are ready for the return of Jesus. Don't miss this. This is really, really good news. I, I want to turn your attention to, to a passage of scripture that has been so helpful for me and has been very helpful in having conversations with, with, with other people who are like, you know, I'm just not sure if I'm ready. I'm not sure if I've done enough or, or if, I, if I've performed the right way or I'm not sure if, if I can be sure. The word of God says you can be Sure, 1 John chapter 5, verses 11 through 13. This is, this is right near the end of the story. If you go almost to the very back of your Bible, you'll come to 1 John chapter 5, verses 11 through 13. John is telling us, look, if you have a testimony of Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you have a story of receiving the gift of salvation, of being forgiven of your sins, of having new life in Christ, because yesterday is gone. The old is gone. But the new life, the, the new story of Christ saving you has come. If you have that testimony, you can know you're ready. 1 John chapter 5, 11 says this. This is the testimony that God gave us eternal life and this life is in his son. And here, I love what John does here. He, he makes this so simple to understand. He doesn't want us to be confused. He's being inspired by the spirit of God and he makes this statement. Whoever has the son has the life. Whoever does not have the son of God does not have the life. Look, am I going too fast? The Bible wants it to be clear. The Bible wants you to know. God desires that you know clearly, are you ready or are you not ready for his return? Some of you today, I know you're not ready. And you're questioning this and you're going, man, I, I'd like to be ready. Maybe, I hope. But no, the scripture is saying you can know. And that's where John puts this exclamation point on. He says, look, if you have the son, you have the life. You're ready. If you don't have the son, if you don't have a testimony of what Christ has done to save you, then you're not ready. And then he says in verse 13, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the son of God. Listen to this. This is so beautiful. Do you see the kindness of God in this? That you may know that you have eternal life. Not question not wonder, not say maybe, not say I'd like to, not say I really hope or I'm really trying. No. The scripture says this is written so that you may know if you have the son, you have the life.
And notice, and this is really important, really important in the church, especially in the South where, where religion still in many ways is what's guiding people more than a relationship with Christ. Notice it does not say here that if you attend church, you're ready. I think back to a statement my grandfather used to say, and I love it. My grandfather had some very simple little catchy statements. He said, look, George, sitting in a church doesn't make you a Christian, just like sitting in a garage doesn't make you a car. All right, I can, I can connect with that. I get that. I see that. So there's something more to it. Well, well, what is it? It's whether or not you have the son. There are people that sit in church every single week. They don't have the son. There are people who sit in church week after week. They don't have a, a testimony, a story of the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ that has changed their life. It doesn't say if you attend church, you're ready. Notice it doesn't say if, you, if you've said a prayer, you're ready. There's a lot of people that have said a prayer that they didn't really mean or they said a prayer when they were seven years old that really meant nothing to them and, and there's no testimony in their life of the salvation of Jesus Christ changing their story. The Bible says if you have the son, you have the life. You can know for sure if you are Ready. So is that your story? Do you know? Do you know that you are ready? Are you dressed for action? Ready for the return of Jesus Christ? And then we move from there and we say, okay, if that is your story, if you are living with a posture of readiness, believing that Christ is going to return, that means that you, as a follower of Jesus Christ, have been called to live your life in this world in such a way that you invite others to know how they can be ready. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 says it this way, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared. You could say always being ready to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you, yet do this with gentleness and respect. I love this. This is the call to leverage your life. Every day, be dressed for action. Every day, be ready. View your life. View what you've been given as an opportunity to tell others of the hope that you have, to share with others the good news of how you can be confident that you are ready and how they can know if they are ready. You could say it this way, those who are ready to stand before Christ will live to share with others how to be ready to stand before Christ. Those who are ready to stand before Christ will live to share with others, to leverage your life, to tell others how they can be ready to stand before Christ. This is the calling on those who are followers of Jesus. Stay dressed and ready for action. For Christ is coming again. Make sure you know you are ready. 
and live to share this good news with others so that they too can be ready. We return back to Luke 12 and we see a second thing that Jesus calls us to in this passage. There is the posture of readiness and then there is a heart of stewardship. Luke chapter 12, verses 37 through 38. Jesus says, blessed are the servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at table and he will come and serve them. If he comes in the second watch or the third and finds them awake, blessed are those servants. Here is this heart of stewardship that, that we really see all throughout the word of God for the people of God. What is stewardship? Very simple definition of stewardship is the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. The careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. A steward recognizing, recognizes that what they have does not belong to them. It's been entrusted to them by someone else. It's been entrusted to their care to use, to enjoy, but also to share. Again, this is, this is all throughout the word of God. This is foundational to what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ, that you look at your life and you look at your talents and you look at your abilities and you look at your opportunities and you look at your resources and you look at your time and you look at your resource, I mean, your, your relationships and you say, everything that I have received, that's a gift from the Lord that has been entrusted to my care. It doesn't belong to me. I'm not the owner. I'm a steward of what God has entrusted to my care. So I want to use, I want to leverage what's been entrusted to my care for the sake of the gospel. God has blessed me. God has blessed you. Abilities, talents, time, resources, relationships, opportunities. Do you view your life through the lens of stewardship, believing that what you have been given has been entrusted to you as a gift for responsible care, for responsible management to use to point to the good news of the gospel. A perspective of stewardship says, what I have is not mine to keep. It's not to hide, it's not to hoard. It's to be leveraged, it's to be used for the glory of the one who has given it to me. I'm gonna leverage who I am and what I've been given for the sake of the gospel. Because what I've received is too good to keep to myself. I love the way... Uh, Pastor friend of mine, Robbie Gallaty, says this in some things he's written. Pastors in Nashville, Tennessee, he says, the gospel came to you because it was heading to someone else. This is such a helpful perspective. God never intended for your salvation to be an end, but a beginning. God saved you to be a conduit through whom his glorious, life-changing gospel would flow to others. So is the gospel flowing through you? 
Do you have examples? Do you have, do you have stories of the gospel flowing through you? If you look at your life through the lens of stewardship and say, I'm going to leverage who I am and what I've been given, that, that means you have opportunities to let the gospel flow through you everywhere you go, right where you live, right, right, where, right where you practice, right where you play, right where you go to school, right where you work. There are opportunities to use what you've been given that the gospel might flow through you to others, that others then can see the hope that you have, that others then can see what it means to be ready to stand before Christ. And here's this amazing thing about stewardship. I mean, this is just the kindness and the grace of God over his people. Those who live a life of stewardship are, are rewarded beyond what they could ever imagine. And I'm not talking about getting rich. This is not some prosperity gospel nonsense. That's not what this is about at all. I'm talking about so much better than anything that the material world could ever offer. It's promised to those who, who live a life of stewardship for the sake of the gospel. That's what Jesus is talking about here in Luke 12, 37 and 38. This is absolutely amazing. Look back at verse 37. Jesus says, blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. And listen to this. Truly I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at table and he will come and serve them. This is absolutely shocking. Masters didn't serve servants. Masters didn't wait on tables. Masters didn't prepare meals and say, hey, let me serve you. Let me bring you the food. Sit at my table. But Jesus is saying, hey, you got to understand this. And this is exciting stuff. That those who are ready, that those who have trusted in Christ, that those whose lives are pointing to the good news of the gospel, when Christ returns, they will be invited to the greatest celebration, the greatest banquet, the greatest feast that the world has ever seen. They will have a seat at the table and be served by the king of kings. This is unreal. Are you kidding me? This is called the, the marriage feast of the lamb. The wedding celebration when Christ, the bridegroom, comes again and, and, and grabs his bride, the church, and invites the church into the greatest feast, the greatest celebration that the world has ever known. This is such good news, church. If you're in Christ, you're invited. I hope somebody gets excited. I hope you don't just sit there with blank stares. It's going to be absolutely amazing. The wedding feast of the Lamb. Better than any multi-million dollar wedding reception that the Kardashians could dream up. Better than the greatest honeymoon that any amount of money could buy. 
The wedding supper at the Lamb is the banquet you don't want to miss. And you've been invited through the good news of what Jesus Christ has done. And anything that you've given and anything that you've laid down for the sake of the gospel and everything that you've done to steward what God has entrusted you, it will be celebrated at the wedding feast of the Lamb. I want to give you a snapshot of this because there is a prophetic preview of what will take place, and it is really, really good news. Revelation chapter 19, many, many commentators say that in Luke 12, Jesus was actually pointing to what the apostle John would write about in Revelation chapter 19. This, again, prophetic preview of what will take place when Christ comes again. Revelation 19, right near the end of the story. I mean, we're getting, we're getting like a couple of pages from the very end of it all, right? Revelation 19, verse 6, it says this. The apostle John, divinely inspired by the Spirit of God to write this prophetic preview, and he says, Then I heard what seemed to be a voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters, like the sound of mighty peals of thunder, crying out, Hallelujah! For the Lord, our God, the Almighty reigns. It will be a sound unlike any sound you have ever heard. And then it says, let us rejoice and exalt and give him the glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come. And the bride has made herself ready. And it was granted her to clothe herself in fine linen, bright and pure. For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. That's it. That's Luke 12, 37, sitting at the table. And the angel said to me, write this. Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true words of God. Church, you have been invited to the greatest celebration that the world has ever seen. And that should impact the way we live today. It's coming. Christ will return. Do you believe it? If you believe it, it should impact the way you live today. Are you ready? Are you dressed for action? Because if you're not, I want you to know This is good news. You've been invited. You can be dressed for action today. You can receive this good news of what what Christ has done for you. You can be ready for the return of the king. And when he comes, when he comes, it is going to be a celebration. It is going to be a banquet. It is going to be a party and a reception that you don't want to miss. So look at what Christ has done. Look at the good news that he has made available to you. Receive this good news. Receive this testimony of salvation. Be ready. And leverage your life for the sake of the gospel so that others can be ready as well. But Jesus is coming again. And you don't want to miss it. Let me pray for us as we close.
Heavenly Father, I praise your name for laying before us in your word with great clarity and great beauty this incredible invitation to be made ready for the return of the King. Father, right now, before before I pray anything else, I just want to pray specifically for those who are here today, those who are listening online, who before this day would have said, I I don't know if I'm ready. I want to be ready. I'm not sure. I hope I'm ready. Maybe I'm ready. I'm trying to be ready. Oh, Father God, for anyone, anyone who has had that statement on their lips or in their mind, Lord, I I pray that today would be the day that they know for sure that they are ready because they say, Jesus, I am trusting in you, the God of my salvation. I am trusting in what you have done at the cross to forgive me of my sin. I'm trusting in the power of your resurrection to to raise me to new life. I want a story of the gift of salvation. I am ready to trust you. And we're so thankful, Lord, for the, the proclamation that says whoever has the son has the life. And so it is my prayer today that there would be some who would receive the Son in a personal way. Jesus, I'm ready to trust and follow you. And Father, for those among us who who are followers of Christ, for those among us who who have been doing all that they know to do to stay dressed and ready for action. Lord, we celebrate what you are doing among your people. And I pray, Lord God, that, that you would give us eyes to see the opportunities around us every single day to leverage our lives, to tell others about, about the good news of, of being ready and, and to tell others how they can be ready through what Christ has done. Lord, open our eyes to see that everything that you've been given us and everything that you've done in us, it provides an opportunity for stewardship, an opportunity for the sake of the gospel to point people to what Christ has done. Well, Lord, thank you for placing us where you have placed us. Thank you for the schools that we attend. Thank you for the jobs where we work. Thank you for the, the apartments and the homes where, where we sleep. Thank you for the, the street that we go down every single day because those things and those places, they are opportunities to be leveraged for the sake of the gospel sharing with others the good news of what it means to be ready. Give us eyes to see. Give us faith to follow. Use us for your glory. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.